Amen. Go with me to James. Go with me to James. The title of my message tonight is Put It to Work. Put it to work. Y'all ready to put it to work? Amen. We're going to put it to work. You know, work has kind of been a, a bad word in church. Some, some churches don't like that word, work, because we're, we're saved by faith, by grace, not by works, right? So it's, woo, I don't have to work anymore. I am free from work. It's like Adam and Eve in the garden all over again. Don't have to do anything. Just lay around and eat fruit. And, um, you know, they had to work in the garden. There was work there. If you go back to the garden, you know, most people probably wouldn't want to live in what they think is the paradise of Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Um, but there's work involved. And so we're going to learn about this work and what this work looks like. James chapter 2, let's start with verse 14. Turn to your neighbor and say, put it to work. All right, a couple of people you did. The rest of you, I don't know what, scared of your neighbor or afraid what they might do to you if you tell them to put it to work, but we'll find out. Verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? This is the question. This is the question. I thought faith was all I needed. I thought I needed to have faith in Jesus. I thought I was saved by faith alone through grace alone I, I thought that faith was my goal this is what i'm trying to obtain here and so he's asking the question what does it profit what does it gain me what do i have left over uh if if someone says i have faith but they don't have works they don't have the works that correspond with the faith can faith save him so this is the question that he's trying to answer and this is the question we're going to answer Tonight, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Look at the example he gives. So you come across someone that's hungry and needs something. They have a need. And you say, hey, blessings to you, man. I hope, hope God provides for you. Be filled, be warmed. And then you don't actually give them something. He says, what have they really gained? What have they profited here? This is the example he's given for people that say they have faith, but then do nothing. They have no works. They have no action corresponding. Thus also, by itself, everyone say by itself. Thus also, by itself, if it does not have works is now that's weird that's a weird thought i could have dead faith i thought faith is alive i thought faith is active i thought faith is growing i thought faith is healthy and you're gonna tell me that all this faith that i've accumulated is dead and isn't that weird to think about i mean i was reading that and i was like dead faith in fact i, I had the title of my message dead faith but i didn't want to focus on dead faith i wanted to focus on how do we get it alive how do we resuscitate this faith that has died but can you just just think about that two words that seem like they're at opposite ends of the spectrum dead faith 
Man, I, I don't want to have faith at the expense of it being dead. I want alive faith. I want faith that's working. I want faith that's doing something. I want faith that's producing something. Let's define this word dead. And I'm not really going to define it. I'm just going to kind of give you some synonyms of what James is trying to help us, the message he's trying to get across for us tonight. Faith, dead, means this, inactive. If it's dead, it's inactive. There's no activity. There's no life. It's inactive. It means this, unfruitful means it's not producing anything. Fruitful means you're producing. Uh, uh, Jesus told Adam and Eve in the garden, be, uh, uh, multiply, and be fruitful. Be fruitful. Produce after your own kind. So faith that is dead is not producing. Do you see that? It's not producing something. Inactive, unfruitful. And the last word that I have for you is ineffective ineffective if it's dead it's not affecting anything things that are dead are not affecting what's around them they're they're not causing change in something else around them if you're being effective that means you are causing change around you we want to be effective and productive for the kingdom amen we want to be effective in everything that we do but dead faith is faith that is dormant It's there, it's there, but it's inactive, it's unproductive, it's ineffective. It's not moving, it's not growing, it's not producing anything, it's not producing after its own kind, and it's not changing anything around it. I don't want that kind of faith. I mean, normally you don't think of categorizing faith, but he has categorized it. He has said that there's faith that's alive. Because if you can have dead faith, that means you can have a live faith. So there's dead faith, and then there's faith that is alive. There's faith that is active. There's faith that is fruitful, or it's producing something. And there is faith that is effective. That means it's changing what's around it. What he's stating here uh, is, is he is saying that faith without works is incomplete. It's incomplete. That unless faith has corresponding action with it, it's incomplete. And if it's incomplete, it becomes inactive, unproductive, and ineffective. So we've got to talk about works. We've got to talk about what do these works look like. Because there might be some of you in this room that you've been standing in faith. But have we had corresponding actions alongside our faith? So have we said that we have faith, but that faith isn't producing, that faith isn't active, and that faith isn't effective? We've got to ask these questions. Let's keep going here. He goes on, verse 18. But someone will say, I love how he puts it out there. Someone will say this. This is going to happen. You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. By my works. That he, what he's saying there is the way I'm going to produce my faith is by producing actions that produce my faith. I'll show you my faith by my works. You'll show me faith without works. So you'll give me faith that's inactive, unproductive, and ineffective. 
But I'm going to show you faith that's produced by my actions. You'll know I'm in faith by what I'm doing. See, Jesus came across this several times in his ministry. He could see people in see scenarios. Not here. Uh, not, not by the Spirit. He could see people that were in faith. And he could see people that weren't in faith. He could see it. It wasn't just some you know, great spiritual discernment. He could tell, man, you're in faith for this thing. Because you're blind and you are crying out to me, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And you've even cast off the coat. You have a, an issue of blood and you're not even supposed to be out here with this crowd of people. But yet you have pressed through the, the multitude and through all the people that are around me and touched my garment. And you said within yourself, See, he could see the corresponding actions that produced the faith. Wasn't some great spiritual discernment that he had that he could see in, into people and see into scenarios and situations? He could see that person's got faith because the actions that they are producing tell me they're in faith. So if I have actions that tell you that I'm in faith, I can also have actions that tell you I'm not in faith. And sometimes those actions... Don't correspond with my words. I say I'm believing, but you can't see I'm believing. So we don't need to just be heard. We need to be seen. These actions produce evidence of my faith. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith Without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Imagine Abraham's response. See, he's talking to believers. This book is written to believers. He's talking to people that know Abraham. They know the story. This was very popular. Abraham was and is the father of faith. He's not bringing up someone that they don't know about in some scenario, in some story that they're not familiar with they know yeah abraham by faith he took his son isaac and walked up that mountain and put his son on the altar and was ready to kill him what if abraham had said that morning when jesus when god spoke to him and said now i want you to take your son isaac and i want you to sacrifice him for me and abraham said i believe you god i believe in you man i have so much faith god you know that uh you even know that because of the my son is here because I have faith. But we were too old. I've already given you corresponding action. I've already shown you. Imagine if he just had the conversation and God says, no, I don't want to just hear about your faith. I want to see your faith. You're going to have to produce something. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to give me some corresponding action that goes along. I know you believe me. Now I want to see the works that correspond with that. He uses Abraham as an example. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. I love there that he says, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled. Isn't that interesting? By his actions, by him actually taking his son Isaac up on that mountain and laying him on that altar, he fulfilled Scripture that says it was accounted to him for righteousness. 
Abraham believed. Abraham believed. See, faith is simply living like the word of God is true. Faith is simply living like the word of God is true. When we define faith, we usually say belief system. It's your belief system. It's what you believe. But that belief system ought to, in turn, produce a lifestyle. Produce actions that correspond with what I believe. It, it, it's dangerous to not live according to what you believe. It's dangerous to not do what you believe. It's dangerous not to produce these corresponding actions. We've got to have the corresponding actions. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Now when I say works, I'm not talking about you have to work out to prove something. What he's saying is is that your faith is proven by your actions. I'm not working so I can be more holy, so I can be more of a Christian, so I can be more. You can't be more saved than you are when you became born again and came into the kingdom. Those aren't the works we're talking about. I'm not saying now all of a sudden you've got to live according to this thing or else you're going to lose your salvation or, uh, uh, you know, if you're not producing this, then we're not growing. We're talking about faith here. We're talking about living a life of faith. And so to live a life of faith, there has to be corresponding action. Verse 25, likewise... Was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body, here it is, without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without works is incomplete, inactive, unproductive. And ineffective. So, who here wants faith that is active, productive, and effective? Okay, everybody, good. We'll we'll go on. If you didn't raise your hand, then we'll just stop right there. I mean, there's no point in staying. So the goal isn't just having faith; it's using the faith you have. The goal isn't just having faith; it's using the faith you have. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it's a popular verse, most of us know this one. And faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. If you need faith, if you want to develop your faith, or if you want to gain faith in an area, you've got to hear the word on it. First, first, if you want to, to gain faith in the area of your finances, you need to hear what God says about your finances. If you want to gain faith in the area of healing in your body, then you need to hear what God's word says about healing 
for your body. If you want to, I mean, you couldn't even gain faith to believe that Jesus was the Son of God and died on the cross until you first heard that Jesus was the Son of God and died on the cross for your sins. And when he died, he removed your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. And what happened? Faith showed up. You can't have faith for something that you haven't heard. So we got to hear. It starts with hearing. It starts with our hearing. But he says there, faith comes by hearing. But then go back over to James. James chapter 1. He talks about hearing. James chapter 1 verse 22. James has something to say about hearing. Throw it up there. But be doers of the word and not what? Say it again. And not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves, he says. You're just fooling yourself. You're just fooling yourself. If you think that hearing without doing is producing. You're fooling yourself if you think that hearing without doing is producing. Thank God you're here tonight. Thank God you made the sacrifice to drive out here on a Wednesday night after your long and tiring day and that you've walked in here and you've done like Pastor Caleb said, you have cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Thank God you came in here and you've opened up your ears and you've opened up your Bibles and you're taking notes and you're hearing the word of God. But James says, don't be deceived now. If we only hear and do not do, we're not producing. If we only hear and do not do, we're only producing. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, everyone say continues, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the, what's that word? Work. There's a work to do. Put it to work, he says. Take what you've heard and put it to work and put it into action. Now here he's talking about obeying and following The principles of the word. But if faith comes by my hearing, then there's some doing that needs to come by my faith. If faith comes by my hearing, then there needs to be some doing that comes by my faith. See, what happens is is we come in here and we just we get uh, spiritually stocked up. But without action. Without action, dangerous. So faith comes by hearing. But watch this. Faith grows by doing. Faith comes by hearing. You've gained faith. But now if you want to develop your faith in that area, you're going to have to do it. I can hear the word of God on my finances and gain faith that, yeah, God's got me taken care of. If I'll just seek first the kingdom uh, and, and, and live righteously, then all these things will be added unto me. Why am I worried about the things that the, that, that the world is worried about? 
Why am I concerned about? But no, God's going to, God's, and, and then when I have the opportunity to put my faith in him, I pass it up. I pass up the doing. I pass up the acting on his word. I pass up the action. I pass up the part that produces and causes the faith that I've gained to become alive. Put it to work. Put it to work. So the faith that you've gained now needs to be put to work. There needs to be corresponding action. Faith comes by hearing, but faith grows by doing. You've heard me use this example before. Faith is like your muscles. Faith is like your muscles. Everybody in this room has muscles. Every child next door has muscles. Now, my son, he's four years old. If you put me and him up under the same amount of weight, guess what? One of us is buckling. One of us isn't going to carry it. Why? Because he hasn't developed his muscles to handle the weight. He's got muscles. There's no denying that. It is a part of his body. You put me and Travis up under the same amount of weight. One of us is buckling. Sorry, Travis, you can't carry what I can carry. But you put me in him. Why? Because one of us has developed our muscles to a greater or lesser degree. Faith is just like our muscles. Everybody in this room has faith. The question is, is what level have you developed it? What level have you put it to work? What level have you disciplined yourself to push the weight of your faith? Faith comes by hearing. I've got it. Faith grows by doing. Now, the reason why this is such an important message is because a lot of us, including myself, sometimes we are in positions where our faith is being pushed and we reject it. We reject the very thing that is there. It's like going to the gym and saying, I want to get bigger. I want to get stronger. I want to get leaner. I want to get whatever, whatever your goal is. And then rejecting the very thing that is designed to develop your muscles, develop your body. We, we, we get in the tests and we get in the trials. We get in the things that are designed to make us stronger, to make us better, to develop our faith, to strengthen us. In that We want stronger faith in the area of finances, but we don't want to be tested in our finances. We, we want stronger faith uh, uh, for our marriage, but then we don't want to be tested in our marriage. We just want it to be all hum-ho and, and, you know, everything's great and it's apple pie and whatever. But then when the tests and the struggles, and the, we reject that and we, we push away from it rather than saying, no, this is the very thing that's going to develop. I'm going to be so strong in my marriage now. My faith is going to be so strong towards having a great marriage because I am going to take on this test. I can prove this to you over in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2. I want to read it in the New Living. Kind of opens it up a little bit. We'll have it up, on, up here on the screen. Dear brothers and sisters, again, it's talking to you and I. It's talking to believers. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to what? Grow. 
So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and, what's that word? Complete. What is faith without works? Incomplete. And now if I want to complete that faith, I've got to have the trials that puts me to work. You'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I don't know about you, but that's how I want to go into a trial. Needing nothing. Needing nothing. I've got the resource. I've heard. See, one of, the, one, of the, one of the mistakes that we do is we get into trial, we get into struggles that's designed to develop our faith, and we instantly get around people that don't build our faith. They tear down our faith. It's like going to the gym and having a trainer, and you get up under a weight and you're having trouble, struggle pushing it, and, 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 and rather than uh, 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 them pushing you, to, to get it up and, and, to, and to push that weight on through. They just, they take it for you and they set it over and say, hey, come over, let's, let's go grab some burgers. That's literally what it would be like. But now I don't know about you, but I want a spotter that's going to help me push through it and push through something that maybe today I can't, but as I continue to push and I continue to push, I'm going to develop this thing, I'm going to strengthen myself, and in a few more weeks I'm going to be able to put this up all by myself. You need to get around people that will spiritually spot you. What I mean by that is if you are up under a weight that is too hard for you to push, get around someone that can help you push it, but put it to work. Whatever you do, don't reject and resist the very thing that's going to develop your faith because next time you come across that obstacle, guess what? You're going to whip it all by yourself. You'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. We've got to be careful who we get around. Faith that isn't used doesn't grow. Faith that isn't used doesn't grow. We've got to put it to work. Thank God for faith. Thank God we have faith. The Bible even tells us that uh, we've all been given a measure of faith. But the development is our responsibility. The development of our faith is our responsibility. We've got to put it to work. What's the corresponding action that's necessary to develop my faith in this area? If you're not currently standing in faith for some for something, uh, you either just got done standing in faith for something, or you're about to stand in faith for something. That it is a it is the lifestyle of. The believer, it is a perpetual cycle. But I can tell you this, that when I got out of one struggle, it's only strengthened and encouraged and developed my faith. So when I get into the next struggle, let's take it, let's go. Now, you know how it is. You get into the next struggle, and you just saw what God did here, and you're thinking, oh, gosh, how am I going to get through this? It's just, you just got done seeing God's faithfulness in your life, and now all of a sudden we're like, whoa. You're like, Abraham, I just believed God for 25 years that me, a man that's way too old to be having children, has just had a child. And now you want me to take this child and go slay him on an altar in the mountains. Don't tell your mother about this. I'm going to preach a message on that. I'm going to call it, don't tell your mother. Don't tell your mother. We've got we to develop our faith. We've got to strengthen our faith. And how do we do that? We put it 
to work. Those tests, those trials, man, that's, that's not there to beat you down. We, we've, we've been preaching on that all year long. I feel like every other Wednesday a test or a trial message comes out. I don't know what you're going through, but hurry up and get through it so I can move on. I need to preach on other stuff. Maybe it's for me. Maybe it's for me. Amen. But those tests and trials, they're not there to keep you somewhere. They're to get you somewhere. Don't reject and resist the very thing that's going to strengthen and develop your faith in that area. We can't do that. We've got to put it to work. I have faith. Oh, I've heard the word. God, I've been going to church. Man, I'm a regular attender. And I, 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 I'm, I'm there every time. I'm there every time the doors open. Well, what are we doing out there? Are we putting it to practice? Are we putting the word to practice in our life? Are we acting it out? Are we applying it? Are we living it? Those principles that we hear week in and week out. Are we just getting spiritually fat on them or are we working it out? Are we working this thing out? We've got to have the balance. You've got to hear got to hear boy i tell you what you get out there trying to fight battles without coming in here and hearing the word you're forget about it you are dead meat because just like faith without works is dead works without faith is dead if you're just working it and not believing it forget about it you you, you're gonna get yourself wore out and you're gonna get beat up that's all there is to it but on the flip side if we come in here hearing the word hearing the word hearing the word and then we get out there and then the struggle shows up and we resist it rather than saying you know what has anyone ever noticed that you've heard a word in church and it wasn't but two or three days and you got to put that into practice has that ever happened Man, my pastor just talked about that i know because i've gotten the facebook post pastor you're not going to believe what happened today i mean we i i got so, uh, some testimonies from that from individuals when we were in the middle of our so series talking about walking in love towards people and then i have conversations man this past week i had an opportunity to walk in love towards this one individual but man i had to i had to see the sin or not the sin yeah i just ministered that it, that that word was priming you for that but imagine if we didn't put the word that we just heard into practice man we got to hear and we got to do. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Chase, if you come up, don't be deceived. Tonight, guys, I don't want us to be deceived. I want us to know. I want us to know that what you're hearing week in and week out, I, I, I'm so thankful for you, so thankful for your faithful dedication to be in here and hear the word. And look, I love ministering the word just as much as you love hearing the word. But at the end of the day, when we walk back out that door, See, we can have Bible study every night. And I know some of you would come. I know some of you would, man, I just love hearing the word. I mean, you, you're listening to Joyce Meyer. You're listening to Kenneth Copeland. You got, you got uh, Stephen Furtick on repeat on your computer at work. And good for you. But what are we doing with what we're hearing? Put it to work. The more you hear, the more you got to do. We got to do it. We got to do it. Father, I thank you. We have a church full of doers doers of the word father we're so thankful that we have a great place to come to hear the word of god just like paul said i don't refrain from saying anything to you i don't hold back anything i give you the full counsel of the word of god 
Father, I thank you that we take the word of God that we hear. We live it out. We do it. We apply it. We look for situations to do the word. We look for the opportunities in life to live by faith. To put into practice that which we're hearing. Father, we commit tonight that we will put it to work. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen.